This podcast is brought to you by Online Retailer, Australia's leading retail tech conference, expo and networking organisation. Recorded at the Online Retailer Conference in 2017, here we chat with world-class digital leaders to bring you industry insights, practical examples and actionable ideas from our incredible community of retail renegades, marketing masters and creative entrepreneurs who all want to do retail business big. We want to extend the conversation after the event and to keep exploring where the future meets retail. So let's talk shop. Welcome to this episode of the Online Retailer Podcast. I'm Kylie Lewis, and I have the great pleasure of speaking with Chrissy Milan, the VP of E-commerce and Digital Innovation for Rebecca Minkoff. Hi. Welcome, Chrissy. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's fantastic. I really enjoyed your keynote talk, and um, Thank you. I'm excited to to, talk, to dig into it a little bit deeper in this podcast today. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, um, I would love to just understand a little bit more about Rebecca Minkoff as mm-hmm. the brand and what it does, um, your role there mm-hmm. and how you got to be there. Sure, yeah. So um, Rebecca Minkoff um, basically had been in existence now for about 12 years. Um, Rebecca and Uri, who are siblings and co-founders of the brand, um, started the brand in 2005. Um, Rebecca started the brand in her walk-up apartment in New York um, and had asked um, Uri um, to help uh, her build the business. So yeah, it, it really started from there. It really started from having um, a core focus and a relentless focus really on our customer um, that's started all the way from the beginning and continued on to where we are today. So we sell um, a, a very different you know, set of uh, categories. We have handbags mostly. Um, we do have ready-to-wear as well that we feature for um, our fashion shows twice a year. Um, we have footwear, which is a growing business for us as well. And we do have smaller categories that are up and coming, such as tech uh, accessories and products, um, jewelry, and um, we also have um, uh, a menswear line, the Uri Minkoff brand. Um, and then a month ago, just last month, we just launched our watches um, category. So we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And your role there? Mm-hmm. So um, I am the uh, I'm the head of e-commerce and digital innovation. So basically, I uh, run all of digital marketing, um, e-commerce. Um, you know, CRM and customer strategy is also within my function. Um, and uh, I also manage um, our store technology within the store. So the whole idea is to really create um, an offline online, so to speak, omni-channel experience um, for our customer. Um, and uh, we really hold all of our uh, all of the channels that touch our customer. So we need to make sure that um, everything that we send out is consistent from an overall experience standpoint. Mm. Yeah. And what were you doing before you were at Rebecca Minkoff? Yeah, so I was um, in a, with a couple of um, large luxury retailers prior to this. And then um, I also spent um, about 10 years of my time at McKinsey and Company. Um, and I have um, an MBA from Harvard Business School. Fantastic. Yeah. So you've followed that path of um, working in retail? Yes. Yeah. So um, most of the um, most of the clients that I worked with when I was at McKinsey were in the retail space and um, and very much so within the digital and innovation space. So that has been the common thread of um, my years of experience, I guess. And um, yeah, and then moving on to industry, I decided to go brand side. Um, so uh, af- when I left McKinsey, I joined Tiffany and Company um, doing digital marketing there and also worked for a another luxury firm um, called Reed Krakoff um, prior to joining Rebecca Minkoff. 
Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So how did you straddle that leap going from consulting, mm-hmm. talking about what to do to actually getting into the brands themselves and being able to execute? Yeah, so it's um, it was a bit of a change, obviously, um, you know, whereas before it was very, very strategic. A lot of the work that I did was really driving strategy and driving a lot of um, uh, you know, I guess the the key things to do, you know, for uh, for a retailer um, when it comes to digital and innovation, um, and then going on the brand side is really all about um, strategy is obviously always a part of that, but. Um, there's a certain level of um, continuity and satisfaction coming out of it because you get to become an operator and actually implement the things that you're saying you're going to implement. So, um, so it was interesting. It was it was um, a fun experience, I think, to to really dig into um, the 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 nuts and bolts of how a business is run. Um, so, you know, transitioning from um, McKinsey to Tiffany where digital marketing is so data driven and everything is being measured that way so had a, a, a really solid experience there um, and then at Rebecca Minkoff where everything that we do is also measured and um, yeah and so all of like the different functions that are under under my my purview um, are basically basically being an operator in all of that is is really what makes it interesting what was yeah. your biggest challenge when you made that change um, I think it's just um, it's just really trying to to make sure that pushing forward in terms of as a as an operator to to really understand the business. Um, whereas in in consulting, you know, you you kind of you're in three month projects at one you know a chunk of time at a time, right? And so um, when you go into a, a you know into an actual brand. Um, you know, you, you're you're there for the long haul. So so there's no there's no three month progress reviews or um, you know checkpoints during that time. I mean, you just have to to really be you know be be on all the time for um, the full fiscal year of the business. And so um, and then making sure that you're meeting your targets, I think, is is another thing. Um, and while also developing talent and and teams, so that's another big part of um, you know what's really important to me as as a leader as a business leader is um, being able to cultivate talent and hire good people within within my team mm. yeah and the the retail cycle is relentless so there is yes. no downtime that's you right said, you, you're on all the time yes it is and it's yeah I'm mean, especially you know for for holiday for example um, you know there is no there's no such thing as oh you're you're just shopping for holiday for yourself I mean holiday is really very big for for us for brands um, and so um, yeah, basically, I, I get my time off after the holiday period, yeah. well, <laughs> pretty much, yes. The, and summer rest. is the same thing. Summer is so busy for us because we ramp up uh, for fashion show, for fashion week for, for New York. Um, and so, and which is the fall shows are usually obviously in September. And so when everyone else in the world is probably enjoying their time in the summer in August, um, for us, it's a very busy time for us ramping up for our fashion shows. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's of course in the Southern hemisphere, it's different because yes. we have summer and the holidays That's right. all at once That's um, right. at the end of the year. So it's, yes. it's a different feel to the retail sales cycle. Yes, exactly. And for us too, for holidays, so you go into holiday and then you go into January and then you ramp up again because now you have to do your spring show, fashion show in February. So. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's it's pretty much ongoing yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Now let's dig into um, your keynote, which you yep. were talking about um, building a holistic approach to embracing the future of retail. Mm-hmm. Um, and you covered off four different areas or mm-hmm. four different levers in the business mm-hmm. um, that you that you look after. Yes. So should we should we dig into sure. those? Yes. Yeah. Um, so the four levers that I mentioned um, during the keynote were um, about. Uh, it's really about digital. The first one is digital and technology um, and how to really use that as a way to create um, a seamless customer experience, regardless of what channel. Um, How many stores, physical stores does Rebecca Yes, so we have um, four right now. all of these are our own brand owned um, retail stores. Um, they're all of them are in the US, um, one in New York and Soho, um, two in California, one in LA and, and one in San Francisco. And then the most recent one we opened was in Chicago. Um, and then obviously we do have um, partnerships with different distribution distributors um, all over the world. So it's across the US, across Asia, um, Europe, um, I, I I don't believe we are here yet in Australia, but um, I do see a lot of traffic and um, and uh, activity and and revenues coming in from Australia on our site. So that's really very encouraging to see that there is um, that it's all the brand is also resonating here in this market. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. So going back to the lovers. So that's the first lover. The second lover for um, that I spoke about. Uh, was ab- all about data and um, and really because digital is it, everything is measured and and you could you know pretty much analyze and and capture information across the board um, with with any digital business um, that data is really important um, so you know to embrace the future of retail you really do have to get a strong understanding of the data that you have and integrating that across all parts of your business um the third one that i spoke about is um, social building social and community um, especially for a brand like ours where we definitely started out um uh as as one of the the earliest players to leverage social media as a way to to reach our consumers that has been um, a large part of our story all the way you know till now um, and uh, we use social media in many different ways not just uh, as a vehicle for for driving business performance but really as a as a vehicle for storytelling for engagement building community um, and then the last piece is about innovation um, which you know as, as I mentioned innovation comes in many different forms um, we we try to infuse this innovative thinking across um, all parts of our business um, it could be something as simple as a new tool or feature that we want to integrate in our on our site or in our stores um, to all the way to disrupting the, the business model in the industry great yeah so let's just dig into um, each of those yeah. levers then mm-hmm. um, in terms of building a seamless cu- customer experience mm-hmm. so from all the different touch points you have yes. so from from the physical stores mm-hmm. um, that you have mm-hmm. to where the product might be placed in another store to mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. your own online store mm-hmm. how do you bring that seamless customer experience to life yeah so I think at the end of the day we always ask ourselves like what is the what is the shopping journey like for our customer so they see us as one brand um, they don't see us as oh Rebecca Minkoff the site or Rebecca Minkoff the store uh, at the end of the day 
we we have to feature the same kinds of products, um, the same kind of experience. So what they would experience if they go online would be, um, which should theoretically be the same as what they would experience when they go to the store. Um, so that's more from an engagement standpoint and a product standpoint. So um, does so, that mean like mm-hmm. making sure that the campaigns that you're running at the time are consistent across all touch points? Yes. The product availability is consistent across all touch points. Yes. Um, yep. So product availability. Yes. Um, there are specific some channels that tend to be a little bit more if you have specific um, exclusive push for example for a specific channel you do tend to see a little bit of differentiation there but for the most part the story that you'd want to say per season from a product standpoint and an overall campaign and messaging standpoint should be the same Um, and then we go deeper into that when it comes to leveraging digital and technology so the way that that um, we've just aligned ourselves into into thinking about that is how do our customers really interact um, as part of their day-to-day lives, right? And so if, if, if a lot of the work that, if, if a lot of what they're, they're doing in their lives is really about digital and, and using digital channels out there, then how can we make sure that at whatever touch point they have with the brand that, that um, it's easy for them rather than us educating them that we're actually just being there and being present um, so that they are you know, there's, they're able to experience us at whatever touch point it is. So um, it could be something as simple as, as I mentioned, um, the product recommendations that we have on the site. Um, if they experience that on the site, then we wanted to make sure that they have that opportunity to experience that in the store as well. So we push those product recommendations in the smart mirrors that we have so that as they are shopping in the fitting room, they can see different recommendations there. Obviously, they can always ask our stylists that are in the store, but if they prefer to utilize the technology that's in front of them and make it as convenient for them, then it's there, you know? So again, there's no differentiation in the experience. Um, When it comes to, for example, if you're shopping in the store, um, one of the things that I'm sure as any individual would do is try to see, okay, what's the size of this bag? How does it fit on uh, on me, on my person, right? And so what we tried to do online, um, we tried to kind of mimic that feature. So we do have a feature on our site where um, if you go into the product detail page, there's a functionality there that you see. It's a call to action to size me up, and then you can essentially play around with the product and see it on your profile. And you can essentially play around with the profile saying whatever height or size you have so that you could kind of see and simulate that and see, okay, this is how the bag would look on me um, or compare that with other items as well. So we have different items there. So we worked for that. We worked with a a partner, a vendor called Tangibly. It's an emerging startup in the space. Um, When we saw their their features, we thought that this was pretty cool and pretty interesting for us to bring that to life online. So again, so if your preferred choice of shopping is actually going onto the site, we wanted to be able to give that kind of experience as you would if you were shopping in the store. So at the end of the day, the line are blurred across channels um, and so the way that we define our um, strategies around digital whether it's through marketing channels or through technology um, at the end of the day we always just have to see what's, what our consumers are, are thinking and what they're doing yeah yeah um, you mentioned smart mirrors there mm-hmm. in the middle of that so mm-hmm. I haven't seen one in any Australian retail mm. store yet yeah can you tell us a little bit about what they are and yes. and how they work? And sure, yeah. So um, ours, our, our store technology is basically twofold. So we have, um, when you enter the store, um, we have what we call our connected wall. And we basically, we use it for many different reasons. Um, one of which is, you know, if there's a fashion show, we, li- we can live stream the show 
immediately into the store at the same time that this is being live streamed on our site. So again, there's that that consistency and continuity. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, it features all of our latest collections, um, what you know Rebecca's picks, for example, and um, and as a customer walks into the store, they can immediately engage with that. It's a touch screen as well, and then they can pick and choose whatever items they would want. Um, that communicates into then the the fitting room, so that. When, if you've identified three pieces that you want to try on, um, uh, one of our stylists would be notified so that the items are then brought in into the fitting room so that you could already have that reserved for you. Now, when you bring the items into the fitting rooms, um, it's immediately recognized through RFID. So we do have RFID readers um, when you enter the fitting room so that um, when you go in, the items that are brought in are already facing you in the mirror itself. Um, so it's right it's right there. So you try them on. Um, we also have different sort of a more kind of playful, engaging functionality where, where you can play around with the different lighting options. So for whatever purpose you may want to use let's say if you want it to be outdoors or if you want it to go to a club or a restaurant where you'd probably would have you know more of a mood lighting out there so so you could play around with it so you could actually see the outfits and the the products um within the context that you would want it to to be in so again it kind of just helped facilitate the the shopping process altogether um, and then we also provide um, different sizing and color options in there so um, if you do want a different size or different color um, you could literally tap onto the mirror um, if they are available um, and it communicates then to the stylists outside to make sure that you know you don't necessarily have to continue you know to continue like talking to them or trying to flag them, catch their attention, immediately just, um, they have an iPad that basically also speaks to the technology that's in the mirrors and then they can just look for the items and then bring it to you. So um, making it again as convenient as possible. And then when you're ready to check out, um, you know, you literally just tap on the ready to check out and then the store associate would come in and then you, they could literally ring you right there and then. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it, it just makes it as seamless as possible. We're opening this up for for customers who, if they do want like the real, um, you know, red carpet, um, very VIP treatment, then obviously our sales associates are there. They are they're there to to answer any question um, and provide them with um, the the VIP treatment that they need. Or if you're the type of customer that really wants as as little as human as possible human interaction as possible, you can also just play around with the technology and then and you could complete your shopping experience seamlessly that way. Do you have any feedback mm -hmm. about the success of the implementation of that or the impact that it's had on the bottom line or the customer experience, customer satisfaction? Yeah, so yeah, I think for us, the, the experience itself, from what we're hearing from our customers, I mean, it's, it's, in, it's, it's incredible how you know the, how positive our our customers have been responding to it. I think they they love the idea that there is something that's kind of more technology driven when they go into the store, something that you can play around with. Um, and I have to say, I mean, our user interface, our UI in the mirror on the mirrors themselves are are pretty elegant. They really are. And so you know, I think there there's a certain level of elevation that you see that you get. Um, it it doesn't just look like a, a wonky tech product um, it actually is a quite elegant experience so um, so we do um, hear about that quite a bit and um, and funny enough I mean we do also host a hell of a lot of tech tours <laughs> in our um, in our stores so um, 
there seems to be such a fascination about those mirrors. So um, every day our stylists are very well versed in hosting these tech tours in the store. So yeah, um, yeah so it's pretty, um, it's, it's a pretty interesting um, experience that we're providing and the feedback has been great. Um, when it comes to business performance, um, that ties into actually that second bucket that we were talking about yesterday um, in, in the keynote where data is, is important. So as part of that, um, there is a dashboard behind that that captures the data that, um, you know, I guess the, the behavior of what customers um, perform or, or demonstrate when they're in the fitting room. So it helps us to understand what are the products that tend to be brought in the most, obviously in the fitting rooms. Um, and are there specific items that tend to be, um, you know, for whatever reason, customers keep asking for either a smaller or a larger size or a different color, perhaps. So it just helps us to to understand if there are some things that need to be improved on our products. So if if let's say a top for some reason always ends up being like a customer always keeps asking that there is a 90%, for example, um, exchange um, with a different size up or size down, then we know that there's something wrong with the fit. So it helps inform, there's that feedback loop that's created with our design team, with our production teams to see if there's something that could be improved on those items. Um, or if an item just keeps going back in and in and out, in and out of a fitting room, but never purchased, it's kind of like an abandoned cart online where what's wrong with this product? Why are they not you know, purchasing it? So again, it just helps us to get to the, the why where you don't necessarily understand that, right? And so um, during a shopping experience, so it just helps us to, to, to understand a little bit more about the product and, and further improve that. Mm. Yeah. And do you correlate then mm-hmm. actual purchases at the end to see whether it has any impact on you know, number of items purchased or, yeah. you know, the size of the purchase? Yes, yes. So, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, um, similar to what you would for analyzing site performance, um, it's the same thing. We 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 pretty much track performance of the different transactions that happen there and what are the different products that are brought in, um, what are the different cross-sell opportunities that are available. So it, it really just helps us to... Um, to start mapping the different data, and then um, and then in the as part of our roadmap is also mapping that to um, specific um, individuals. So if they do decide to save their session, um, they give their email address, and um, and then we're able to then capture that in our customer database as well. So mm-hmm. that helps into putting in together into our retention and loyalty programs. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. so tied in with loyalty, because it sounds to me like mm-hmm. if you've got that such high engagement in that kind of technology, yeah. they're more likely to be loyal, they're more yes. likely to spend more at the exactly. end of the day. Exactly, yeah. yes. And um, we do notice that there is an increase, um, I would say, AOV, like average order value and number of units within each order uh, or transaction, the more that they are interacting with the mirrors. And mm-hmm. so um, so it really helps us to, it, it helps not just as a as a customer engagement tool, but also it helps from an overall business performance standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, data was something that we, you yeah. spoke extensively about yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, it was quite impressive to see the, mm-hmm. the dashboards that you've been able to create yes. um, with, with a partner, I think. Yes, yeah. um, so we work, um, we partnered with 42 Technologies. Um, uh, they are an, uh, an incredible partner. Um, 
I've 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 been now with Rebecca Minko for two years, and I actually they were one of the first partners that I've worked with when I started. Um, so um, it it took us, uh, you know, it, basically the journey that I've had so far at Rebecca Minkoff has been um, a strong partnership with them because I again coming from consulting, coming from McKinsey, data was obviously very important to me. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure that the business that um, that we're building from an e-commerce and digital standpoint um, really ties into a lot of um, the data that we have. And so Uri, who is our CEO, um, um, obviously meets a lot of these um, uh, emerging players, I would say, in the field. And um, he met 42, I believe, in um, one of a tech startup competition in which he was one of the judges. And um, he basically, he personally identified them as a, a key partner to to to, um, to work with. And so when I started at Rebecca Minkoff, this is definitely one of the things that um, both Uri and I um, firmly believe would be a big part of our, our story, our growth story. So, um, yeah, so it, we, we customize those dashboards um, in the way that really fit our needs. Um, and so I, I basically get, um, I guess you could say, in my inbox every morning, I get reports on the key metrics that I personally want to to see um, to to make sure that I'm able to keep track of what's going on in the business and um, at a quick glance really understand okay what's up what's down um, what are the things that we could um, improve pretty quickly so everything feeds into 42 so it includes our site analytics um, we um, all of our uh, digital marketing channels also feed into that uh, into the platform um, we also have um, our POS systems in the store so we do get an understanding of products and merchandise uh, trends that are happening in the store as well. Again, having that one holistic view of the business. Um, and then in the near future, we're also adding in social media um, analytics in there as well as our wholesale. So then at that point, then you will be able to see really not just from your direct to consumer business, but overall um, how they all tie together. And, you know, one thing could be working from one of your wholesale partners, but not necessarily working for online and what why is that the case you know so really understanding that and and seeing what could be done um across all areas of the business and it's real time it is real time yes so there's a dashboard that um my team and i have access to and um and it's a pretty visual dashboard as well which you probably saw in the um keynote yesterday that um yeah we were able you basically see the items themselves so it, it even helps you to visualize exactly what because we do have a lot of products so it helps you to understand what are the products that you're talking about not or just a skew number exactly not yeah. just a skew number or not just some aggregate number of um performance so but for me especially for my team um we i basically get every day um uh, you know, a report uh, in my inbox every morning of what the daily numbers are from the day before, um, how they're stacking up um, week to date, month to date, and year to date, uh, and season to date, and um, across all of our channels, cut by device, cut by geography. Um, yeah. And so, again, these are the things that 
when we were building this, these are the things that I had asked for um, to make sure that they are part of the dashboard. So, um, and they were amazing in helping customize those reports. So, and I think you mentioned that the fitting room feed from those smart mirrors mm -hmm. will go in. We'll go into th that soon. as part of our roadmap. Yes, and the CRM. So CRM is in already in there. So yep. our customer data is already in within forty two. Yep. Um, our store technology, um, we work with a partner uh, for our fitting room mirrors. Um, a partner called Oak Labs, and um, and they have their own dashboard. So the goal is to integrate that as well into 42. So everything. I mean, I literally have like a a diagram of like um like a tech stack architecture of what we're trying to build um to get everything into 42. Um, yeah, and then customer data also feed into that. So um, my CRM uh, customer strategy director um, pretty much runs that um, to make sure that. Um, we leverage as much as we can and maximize the lifetime value of our customers. So what would be an example of a decision that you've made as mm -hmm. a result of having access to this data that's had a significant impact on the business? Oh, I mean, it's every day. Yeah. It's day to day. I think I can't even pinpoint one specific thing. I think at the end of the day, um, you know, when you're running um, a digital and e-com business, I, you know, you have to understand what's going on. Uh, close to real time as possible to be nimble enough to you know to really optimize your channels optimize what you're doing so um we are we we literally have 42 up on our on our screens throughout the day you know so that you're seeing exactly how the business is performing so if something is, mm -hmm. if, if you could say that there was a product line that wasn't moving or right or a channel that wasn't performing in particular um you know so for example if you have a particular product push or a campaign that's happening and you expect that um you know this channel because you've invested some of marketing spend around it but it's not really performing so you start seeing that at the at the get-go so um, and then understanding, okay, so what's driving this? Um, is there is it a specific geography, for example, or is it a specific device? Is there something going on on the site? You know, um, are there bounce rates or drop drop offs that um, you know will help us to understand if why it's not performing or um, is traffic really down coming from one channel? I mean, it's all of these different KPIs and metrics really help us on a day-to-day -day basis. So decision-making happens in real time. Um, and um, and we don't wait for a decision for like a couple of days. We, we tend to make decisions pretty quickly. Um, and, and this, I, I couldn't imagine I guess managing this business without that tool, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so super fast environment, yeah. super yes. agile. Yeah, and again, mm. I, I, part of that too is, you know, that one thing is the platform and the tool and the business intelligence tool that we have, but another part of that is also the team, right? And so, um, my team is pretty amazing in terms of, you know, obviously they're they're also quite analytical and they do understand the value of data. So, um, yeah, that that is part of of what what makes it. Um, useful and, and valuable is really un having having team members who, who can really maximize and understand the full power of, of having that data at your fingertips. Mm, yeah, fantastic. Now, you also mentioned about smart bags. Yes. Connected bags. Yes. What are they? Yes. Yeah, so um, basically the whole the whole notion came about um, when when we were starting to think about, again, in relation to data and customer data. Um, we we obviously have a sense of, of 
purchase behavior um, from from an overall customer standpoint? Like what what are they interested in? What are they purchasing? Um, but we also wanted to go beyond that, really understanding what the post-purchase experience is. Because sometimes what happens is, okay, so you've made a purchase. At that point, we are not necessarily sure as to what you're doing with the bag. Like how often are you using it? Um, you know, how, how are you using it? In what context? You know, and we obviously want to make sure that you're using it as much as you can, right? To, because this obviously facilitates a lot more engagement and loyalty to the brand the more that you use a specific product. So, um, so that's one. And then the other um, kind of pillar around that was around the Internet of Things, where pretty much everything right now is, is being tech-enabled in some way, shape, or form. And so... Um, so Uri, uh, our CEO, started thinking through that and saying, "Okay, so how can we, how can we marry the two together? Um, what are the things that are out there that we could essentially um, do so that we're able to understand um, our customers' per- post-purchase behavior, um, especially leveraging the trend that we're seeing right now with the Internet of Things?" And so that came about um, through a partnership that we now have with Avery Dennison and a company called Everything. Um, and so we announced the partnership earlier this year where we basically have, uh, we did a pilot program um, during our spring fashion show in February. Um, we had 10 limited edition smart bags, um, which had hang tags. And um, there is a component there where you, when you scan that hang tag, it basically unlocks a golden ticket for you to attend our show. So um, so that was sort of like a pilot just to see kind of the, the experience and what the feedback would be coming from our customers. And so this was um, kind of a lead in into a larger initiative that we're launching later this year um, in which um, basically our bags will now include the tags. Um, and when it starts from a pre-purchase experience where a customer who goes to our store, um, sees the bags, um, could literally um, basically have an experience through um, basically sort of a a browser-based application and scan the tags. And it could be a pre-purchase where you'd see a video of Rebecca saying, here's, you know, the latest collection. Um, Here are the things that inspired me about this bag, this collection, etc. And when you purchase it based on who you are and your purchase behavior, it maps it at the back end to see, okay, if you're, um, if you are this type of customer, then you're going to see a more customized experience or content. Um, and every time you use it and every time you scan the tag, um, it will eventually show, um, kind of a, a more curated set of content for you. So the more you use it, the more that you're able to then, um, have more experiences that are catered to you from the brand um and at the same time from our side we're able to capture valuable input as to how the customer is using this um this product um after they've made the purchase so is it geotagged or how it's um it's through the the tags are in the bags Mm -hmm. so um and uh, it's it's yeah there will be a certain element of geotagging as part of um understanding as to where you are located and then we um we also I guess tailor our content also based of what geography you're in, um, but it's not just geotag. I mean, the 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 software. So everything is the company that's building the software portion of that, um, and um, and essentially it's building out this. I guess you could say like a browser-based app uh, application that that holds all of this um, information for us. 
Mm. So wow, it sounds incredible. Yeah, um, and exciting. Yes. To, to, to yeah, we're excited as well. It's it's something new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody's done that before. Uh, as far as I know, yes. So yeah. it's another one of those things that um, you know, Uri, uh, Uri and Rebecca are again just because of the nature of of the brand. Um, they're always willing to push the boundaries and try new things. So this is another one of those initiatives. Yes, yes that came through in your keynote mm-hmm. yesterday about the um, willingness to try new mm-hmm. things. Yes. Um, so let's talk about innovation then. So yeah. that the last lever that you sure. that you spoke about yesterday, mm-hmm. and you talked about the see buy wear yes campaign or idea. Yes. Can we dig into that? Yes. So. Um, Basically, this is this is a fundamental change in our business model. So, in fashion, typically the the whole the whole nature, the whole cal- kind of cadence or calendar, if you will, is around showing a particular collection and then making the products available six months later, right? So that's kind of the that's sort of like the traditional model with within fashion. Um, what we what basically our our founders uh, Rebecca and Uri had had started thinking through was. The whole idea of okay, with all of the churn that's happening in the industry right now, how are we able to get ahead of it? Um, especially with the change that we're seeing with customer trends and preferences, and how, especially for our audience who tend to be um, more millennial-driven, uh, at least from a behavior standpoint, um, how are we able to meet those needs, right? And and changing preferences, and a lot of that has to do with the immediacy of. Um, of, of, of product and, and the way that people are shopping. And so, um, and with that, um, again, as, as we also think about the growth of our business, um, this was pretty much a strategy that, um, you know, the brand had come together on that we need to then disrupt <laughs> the industry in that way where um, instead of, of having the products available um, six months after it's shown, um, we wanted to be more in season. So if it's fall, um, we need to show fall products um, on walk on the runway and the products are immediately available for purchase. So there's again leading to putting our customers first and seeing the kind of behavior that they have in making sure that they're they get instant uh, satisfaction and gratification with what they're seeing on the runway and saying, okay, immediately you can purchase that. Again, every this decision has been really made based off of what we're seeing is happening from a cons- customer standpoint. So, um, so yeah, so basically C Buywear is stands for like see now, buy now, wear now, which is all about making everything available now, um, disrupting the industry that way. But it also has uh, large implications on how the business is run <laughs> because we had to change um, everything from a calendar standpoint, from a logistics standpoint, um, from an overall design, manufacturing, and um, you know, marketing standpoint. So, um, so this is a two-year process. We are right in the middle of it, about eighteen months into it, um, and you know, we still have some time, some way to go um, to get through the whole process. But, um, but we started this um, in two thousand and sixteen, early twenty sixteen, and um, we basically started looking at okay, from a design standpoint, how quickly can we react to things that we're seeing in the industry? Um, from a logistics standpoint, from supply chain, we started identifying partners who could deliver um, products to us um, with shorter lead times and delivery times. Uh, so we had to, you know, we, we basically had to redefine our production processes as well. Um, and then from 
a marketing standpoint, um, you know, Uri always talks about how our company within our office itself, like our corporate office itself, like we had to identify teams that um, have to work more closely together. So we had to shift um, the, the area, like the overall office space to see, okay, if these these teams have to work together, they have to sit next to each other. So we do have, um, also we do have uh, our customer care team, for example, that um, uh, that's internal to us. And so we had to make sure that our customer care team sits near my digital team because we wanted to understand mm-hmm. as to what our customers are actually saying, right? In terms of our products, um, in terms of the feedback that they're that we're seeing in the market. So um, either that, and then also at the same time, um, our creative team also sits next to us to the to uh, because we need to be more nimble in terms of switching out our marketing assets if we see something that's not necessarily working out. Um, you know, so we have to be more nimble to that. So it also changes the dynamic, right, of mm-hmm. different teams. So it's it's, it's something that is really well thought out that it's it's not just about oh this is what you're seeing in the market you're changing the cadence it really has huge impact in terms of how everything has to change within the organization itself mm. um, and that leads to a lot more testing and, and learning for us which is another core pillar of what we're really trying to grow into as a brand um, you know, again, with the value of data and how our customers are seeing all these changes, testing is just so important to us. Um, we we try as much as we can that before we launch anything, we'd always try to to test it within a uh, you know a smaller sample size to just see how it's going, and then you know we continue to iterate on it as we as we learn. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I love that that the you know the, the physical transformation also yeah. of of moving people that need to yeah. be more connected. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very human centered design. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of t- taking the humans at the center of this who need to make this thing happen. Yes. What do they need to be empowered to do the best possible job that they could? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, yeah, because it it's it's the it's the people that actually make it work. Yes, you know, so um, <laughs> tech is only as good as people who yes, run it, right? Yes, and it's um, we can't just change a concept and expect it to <laughs> to just work. So yeah, so it's the people, it's the foundation that we're building, the um, the process, the structure. Um, yeah, it 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 had the culture to be aligned. Of trying. The culture, yes. I mean, the culture has always been that way. I think um, one of the things that I really like and I really love about the brand is the culture about of of how innovative. I think um, just in general, how how we have this innovative mindset. Um, you know, it's 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 re- it's one thing to talk about it, but I think it's another thing when you're actually really trying to implement it because it's 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 not easy. There is a balancing act, and I would be the first one to say that because at the end of the day, you know, you you are still running a business, so you need to make sure you're hitting your targets, and you do have the right systems in place and founda- the right foundation to to make sure to with which to build your business on, right? So, innovation is all well and good, but at the end of the day, you also do need to have um, a pretty solid foundation so that you could run a solid business with double digit growth. Um, the way we are growing right now so um so yeah but at the end of the day too it's our founders that are like we're both rebecca and uri are just again you know we one of our brand pillars is really about fearlessness um not just for we all we always communicate that about our customer living a fearless life um but at the end of the day we obviously try to demonstrate that as well internally um and you know, building that that culture of fearlessness and and trying new things, and so and how does that translate into my everyday life? I mean, I 
I literally, I mean, I have to allocate time to 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 always look out for new new things out there. Um, uh, Uri is such a, a a voracious reader. Like he he reads all the time. He he is so plugged in into what's going on in the industry, and he. He he sends us a lot of articles that he's read, and so um, yeah, and then and we we get sources from different sources. We just get a lot of um, new things that come up, either people approaching us or or things that you know whether we ourselves find out about, and then we reach out to them and and we just spend some time trying to to see if um, the, either a new feature, technology, or movement is something that is relevant to us. Um, and so, so obviously that that takes that takes time, and you have to carve out some time for, for your own, you know, day to day life or weekly life to make sure that you are exploring all of these new things. Um, but at the end of the day, it is about aligning with your roadmap and your strategy. So, again, I, I emphasize that we don't just try try not to just do tech for tech's sake. It is aligned to an, a broader strategy um, that fits into. Our customer strategy, our um, you know, our overall growth strategy as a business. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, it has to go hand in hand because otherwise it will be very difficult to prioritize. Sure. Because we do get a lot of these ideas <laughs> popping up every you know every so often. So. Yeah. So, what do you see on the horizon mm-hmm. for for the business, and what are you excited about potentially yeah. getting your hands dirty with? Yeah. So um, there are some more store technologies that um, we're going to be launching pretty soon. So um, uh, I um, I would just say stay tuned for that. Um, it is coming. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, it, there is something there around um, just about the the different use cases that we tested out for this new store tech that we're launching is, is pretty exciting, I think, um, and fun. Um, I think for, for us, it's um, geographic expansion as well is big for us. Um, you know, part of the reason why um, I wanted to do this as well, and when they invited me to speak here in Australia, was the whole idea of understanding new markets. Um, obviously, we started out as a as a brand from New York. You know, we're still smallish, I guess you could say, but um, we're growing pretty fast, and so um, we're definitely seeing a lot of interest coming from different markets out there. So. Um, the, another exciting part, yeah, is globalization is really understanding different go-to-market strategies that we could implement um, to tap into um, to, to those different markets. So definitely excited for that. Um, and then just really growing and um, and 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 integrating new features and um, I guess new channels out there. I mean, there's just a lot of them, you know, and so. Um, we're just always willing to to try new things and seeing what works for us Um, because it it may work for other brands it may not necessarily work for us or or vice versa so we're just we're just really excited to try to try new things Mm. so Chrissy where can people find out more about you if they wanted to connect with you or reach out to you yeah um, well for the brand itself you know obviously check out our site Um, if they are obviously if they don't if they're in New York, feel free to visit our store. New York, Chicago, San Francisco, LA, feel free to visit our stores because they they would be able to then experience the store technology we're talking about. Um, for me in particular, um, you know, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> yes. All around. All around, social, digital, yes. Um, yeah, but um, if they are in New York, I mean, I would love to hear from anyone who's in New York and uh, would love to, to meet 
people who are in this space who are as passionate as we are do a um, tech in tour innovation. of the store. Yeah, happy to do that as well. I've done yeah. a few of those. So, but our stylists in our store is just they're amazing. So they they are incredible. They they are so well versed in doing tech tours. They do a couple or a few of them every day. So I'm yes. not even kidding. They do get a lot of that interest. So, so yeah. So feel free to reach out um, in any of social channels out there uh, I'm, I'd be happy to connect great otherwise the website is rebeccaminkoff.com it's rebeccaminkoff.com yes yeah. okay great exactly. well thanks for your time thanks for listening if you've loved what you've heard make sure you're subscribed at onlineretailer.com.au to be the first to know about Australia's best e-commerce events